podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Celtic are finally back in competitive action and finished the weekend exactly where we finished last season, which is at the very top of the Scottish Premiership table. The game saw a man-of-the-match performance from forgotten man David Turnbull, a farewell appearance from Carl Starfelt, and Kyogo doing what he does best as he grabbed his opening goal of the campaign. And we'll cover it all and much more in this week's episode. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Paddy and Marty as we cover all things Celtic. Paddy, how did you enjoy getting back to Celtic Park on Saturday? Uh, it was great to be back, uh, great that the season's kicked off again, and just a uh, 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 good performance from us, I think, as a... A fan base, I think we expected a bit more um, in the opening day of the season, but we still got four goals. Um, just a little bit of doubt creeping in in terms of obviously the two we've conceded, but other than that, just uh, yeah, three points clear already. Brilliant, good stuff, Marty. Welcome to the show. You've done a few pre and post match uh, episodes last season, but good to have you here on the weekly. As Paddy says, scoring four goals in any game is always good to see, but we didn't get everything our own way against Ross County. They started the game well. We lose a couple of cheap goals, as you mentioned. I think defensively, a lot of kind of issues. Ross County aren't good. They scored two goals, but um, still still a lot of positives. Kyogo being the, the main one, I think. Yeah, and we'll go into Kyogo uh, in a bit more detail further down the line, Paddy, but some some good general play, you know, particularly involving Kyogo. Dave Turnbull does his thing, debut from Navrocki. Lots of positives in general. Yeah, I think obviously, like you say, we'll, we'll cover um, Kyogo a bit more in depth. Um, but I think it was his performance that allowed the likes of Matt O'Reilly and uh, David Turnbull to come in. More than we've seen our midfielders be involved in a game. Um, like that way before, they were a lot, they were lively around the box a lot more. Um, and I, again, yeah, something I'm pretty sure we'll touch on. I think that's just going to be potentially the, the system going forward in the league. Um, for me, I. I was quite happy to see just a run out from um, Dyes and Maeda out in the left as well. I actually thought he, he, he looked fairly strong there. And Big Navrocki, yeah, I, I thought he uh, he looked very, very comfortable in that position. And um, great to see a centre-half that can use both feet as well. It's looking that way. Um, and we'll certainly cover him and the Starfield situation as well. Mary, I know this is a Celtic podcast, but the, the real bonus ball on Saturday was Rangers dropping points on match day one. Did you have a wee eye on Rugby Park? Yeah, I did. And... Truth be told, I've not seen anything on, of them from, from pre-season, so just being Kilmarnock... I've, I've watched every game. Yeah. <laughs> or nearly. Kilmarnock being Kilmarnock and just first game of season, I just thought Rangers would have too much for them, but clearly they don't, or they didn't. There was a... There's been an unfair comparison thrown about, Paddy. Um, you know, several Rangers fans on Twitter and likes are saying, Ken, I don't worry about it. Ange Postacoglu lost his first game and look what happened there. Ange Postacoglu was a bit of a or is a bit of an outlier, and it's, it's very easy just to say that. And keeping in mind that this isn't like it's Michael Beale's first competitive game. He's been in the building for something close to nine months, so it's not like he's just, you know, first day nerves and got it a wee bit wrong. He's had enough time to get better, hasn't he? He's also not playing half of his youth team as well. You know, you think about the players that we had peppered through our team throughout that full month of August. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you think about it, by, the, by December, we were still having to rely on the younger players coming into the squad. This is apparently his team ready to go. Um, their, their chief executive has even come out today and said that the squad's Champions League ready. Um, good luck. Good luck on that. I think uh, there'll be a lot, a lot of their fans really starting to panic after that performance on Saturday. Um, you big up someone like Todd Campbell and, and Raskin uh, for for like time on time again, basically saying that these are the midfielders that are going to 
are going to take Scottish football by storm. They didn't even start him, uh, Campbell on Saturday. And I just thought they, they looked very, very disjointed. And I know that it's very early. I get that. I understand that. But um, there was no there was no change in any of their play. And, and I think that's something that they noticed about Beal in certain games last season as well. So as I've said before, I think we take care of our own business and we'll be fine. Yeah, it was lovely to see. A real bonus, as I say. But enough Rangers chat, <laughs> at least for now. We might get back to it later on, but at least for now. OK, let's take a look at what's coming up in this week's show. David Turnbull was a surprise package on Saturday and we take a look at what that might mean for Rio Hattati and others as Celtic's midfield all of a sudden becomes a very busy place to be. We then take a look at the imminent departure of Carl Starfelt, a player who's undoubtedly split opinions over the last two seasons despite some incredible stats in a Celtic shirt. Then it's time for this week's Path to Paradise as the lads try to identify the career path of a well-known ex-Celt. And finally, we close out the show with the return of the listeners' question for the new season with one of our long-term listeners, Danny, highlighting something from Saturday's game for us all to get stuck into. OK, let's get started by taking a closer look at Celtic's midfield, which, as mentioned, has now become a particularly busy place following the summer signings of Odin Thiago Holm and Quan, as well as the resurgence of Saturday's two-goal hero, David Turnbull. Paddy, you and I covered the pre-match show over on the Celtic Exchange Plus on Friday. We had various thoughts about the team, what it might look like, centre-half pair and what the midfield three would be, but none of the two of us called David Turnbull. No, I think it was a surprise uh, for many of us. Um, I was scratching my head thinking why uh, Hattati's been omitted from the team. Seen a few murmurings on Twitter that uh, some are thinking that he could be he could be going as well uh, as Carl Starfield. Um, a great opportunity for, for David Turnbull. Um, what's slightly concerning is that for me is that that also shows that Thiago Holmes is not ready to, to come in and, and try and fight for that place straight away as well. Um, I have to say well done to Turnbull for getting his two goals on Saturday. I can't think of much else though. I can't think of much else in the performance. And I know, and I, and I know you're not convinced by Turnbull and you've leaned towards it in recent times. Yeah, yeah. And it's, fair, it's a very valid opinion and I think, I suppose I've mentioned Starfield, you know, tears opinions, Marty, and I think David Turnbull's in that boat. Where do you stand on him? Well, I can think of another thing he'd done. He missed a sitter to score a hat-trick. Well, use our hat. Too harsh oh, critics, I'll tell you straight, that. Straight in, straight I'm, I'm, in. I'm calling him two-goal hero, David Turnbull. I know, I know. <laughs> You're calling him done nothing else but score two goals. I David think Turnbull. you can... It's, so, it's such a just strange game because you score two goals, right, fine. Paddy's right. It, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And it gets this standard ovation when you go off and you're just kind of shaking your head sometimes like, for a midfielder what can you else you ask right two goals but he didn't control the game before he scored he didn't play well I think his first touch um, I think he headed it back into the Ross County midfield when he was, wasn't really under pressure He also flicked the header on to Abada which led to the second goal if you're looking for positive contributions so, I actually can't believe how negative you two have no, been No here. no no it's not a case of being negative I just think that we need to be careful as a as a fan base as well like this is a guy that was nowhere near our starting lineup last season and we spoke, I think every Celtic fan said that we needed a higher a higher level after the Champions League campaign. And for me, I I, I don't think that's it. I think that's kind of going, you know, if, if uh, we see the confidence build for, for David Turnbull and we see him take his game to the next level, I don't think it's better than what we've got. I, I think for David Turnbull, it's got to be stepping stones. So given that he barely started a game under Ange over the last couple of seasons, so when he gets the nod, so I've 
spoken a few times. It's it's all well and good scoring a couple of goals in pre-season, um, scoring the winner against Bilbao there last Tuesday. But he's got to start doing it, uh, you know, in competitive football, whether it's goals or assists. And I th- and I, I take your point that you know he's not controlled the game by any stretch. But if he gets his first start and his first competitive start, and I don't know how long, I'll need to check back on that. To score two goals, I think is a very positive step in the right direction. And now it's over to David Turnbull. You'd say the shirt is his, at least for the time being. And it's over to him to say, OK, I've done that against Ross County, but that's behind me already. And Rodgers is very big on looking at the next challenge and, and leaving the last one behind. So what can he do now at Pataudry? Can he go there and get a goal or two? Can he start to control the midfield then? And I think at that point, you can then start to look at him as a realistic contender to Rio Hitati shirt. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a realistic contender. Not having it. I, I actually think Turnbull's a really good footballer um, with the ball at his feet he's a good passer as we sh- as was displayed by the fact he was chosen to hit the penalty people will say oh, he's best striker of the ball in the, the team and all that okay fine but it's just it's, it's the, the level at which uh, the play slows down when he's got the ball and it's just for there's a reason why Andrew didn't pick him and I think that was the main reason for it Nobody would be happier than us and every Celtic fan if he went and kicked on and done really well. You're right about Pataudry, a lot smaller park. He won't get as much space, nowhere near as much space. So we'll see, but uh, Hattati every day, even if there is alleged kind of personal or uh, he's wanting away or anything like that. I think... um... I think there's there is mixed opinions. There's mixed opinions in this very room. Maff is a huge supporter of David Turnbull, James less so. And I think the chat, James repeated it a few times last season. He just isn't or wasn't an Ange player. You know, the, the pace and the dynamism. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. We'll go with it. The pace and dynamism of Ange ball doesn't or doesn't suit uh, David Turnbull. But Rodgers is more controlled. And I think it might be a good fit. We're probably not going to agree on this just now, and that's not the point of what we do here as a group, but I think there's positive signs, and it's now over to Turnbull, and we'll see what comes next. Um, as pleased as we are with what he brought to the game, his inclusion obviously meant no room for Rio Hitati, and I don't think there's any doubt that he's one of our most talented players. You said there, Rio Hitati all day long, and I would generally agree with that, Mario. I think he's a, a huge player for us. But do you think there's question marks over his Celtic future at the moment? There's a lot of fans suggesting, suggesting that he never had a a great pre-season and I know we all become body language experts at times like this but he he doesn't seem quite into it at this moment but would, would that be fair to say? I wouldn't be going as far as saying is this video floating about of him walking out the stadium and, and dinging away like calm down I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that that nasty a guy I just think he was on his way out the stadium um, for me I just think that the the big thing that I seen from him coming on on Saturday was he did get stuck in. Um, he did th- like get himself involved. I don't know if anything's happened. I, I, there's something in me that thinks that he's asked to go and been told no. Um, because we've got how many years? Two years left in his deal. Um, so I think Celtic have said no, we'd, we'd rather that's not the case. He's one of those players that Ange has signed um, who's not extended his contract as well so I don't know if his agent is maybe the one maybe pushing for for Hitati to go and you mentioned in the pre-match on Saturday about this uh, this Saudi Arabia pool and how that goes on after the transfer window I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few teams looking at him um, especially over in that neck of the woods that we're thinking this guy can play this guy's worth the risk um, so I, I think he's probably hanging about waiting for that move to happen um, which is 
devastating to see. Yeah, and just to explain that, Marty, to anyone that's not sure, the Saudi Arabian window remains open longer than the European window, so it, it's causing a real conflict. I think Jurgen Klopp has complained about it because there'll be players sitting tight, waiting for that late offer from Saudi, and if they do then take it, you can't replace them. If your window's closed and theirs is still open. So there might be something to it. I'm the same as you, Paddy. I've got a, a niggling feeling that he could move on. I'd hate to see it. Somebody asked me recently who I think will be star man this season and I've called Rio Hattati. I think it's he's entering that kind of stage in his career. We know what he's got ability-wise and technical-wise and I think this is his time to step up European stuff and otherwise. Matt, do you think he could move on this window? I think you know, all bets are off. Um, now, I don't think there's any player in the world who's safe if Mbappé's not safe at PSG then Hattati certainly isn't safe Neymar's put in a request tonight apparently as well but that was always going to happen wasn't it so yeah nobody's safe so he could go Um, I don't know about the the body language thing the fact he doesn't start isn't great Mm -hmm. but I think he's done pretty well when he came on he's looked sharp um, like some really really good links up with Kyogo He's, he's got the potential to be our best player I think there's also a thing with Hattati that because he started professional football so young, maybe he's got a thing in his head. Um, either can he sown wild oats or he's can he wasted enough of his time. Not that I'm saying he's wasting it, but mm-hmm. maybe oh. in his mind, and he wants to get to the big time. If that's two hundred grand a week, it's quite less possible because he hasn't had as much time at a professional level as other people could be in his mind. But yeah, it would be it would be really bad if if he went. Yeah, I would definitely describe 200k as big time. Uh, <laughs> it's big time for me, I don't know about you lads. Um, I thought Hattati did do well when he came on. Didn't score the two goals that Dave Turnbull did, oh, but by go. the by. So <laughs> at this moment in time, Celtic realistically have got seven midfielders playing for just three positions under Rodgers and we may yet add to the midfield over the window as well. So you've got James McCarthy, Idiguchi and Soro who are still Celtic players at this moment in time, but neither of those are going to feature moving forward. So that leaves seven in the shape of Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, Rio Hatai, Dave Turnbull, Tomoki Iwata, Kwon and Odin Tiago home. Paddy, I said to you the other day, the maths don't work, 793 doesn't go and it's going to be hard to keep all of these guys happy and involved, isn't it? Uh, it's it's too bloated. Um, they really need to get it looked at and I tell you what, like, what's hoping for these signings to start coming in soon like you add the three that you mentioned at the start, that's, that's quite a lot of your wages straight away. Um, they need to shift players. They really do. Um, it's all good um, and going and buying a player that we want at 10, 15 million pounds. But I think it was actually we Stevie had said like, you're, you need to match the wages that come with that as well. Um, and I don't think we're in a position to do that just now. So I would agree that it's bloated, absolutely. But when you look at those seven, who do you move on? It's not Callum McGregor. You hope it's not Matt O'Reilly or Rayo. And I hope it's not Dave Turnbull. Quan's just in the door and Thiago Holmes in the door. So, Tomoki Iwata... Just signed back in January, but is he already surplus to requirements? For me, I think so. I, I was never a, I was never a fan in midfield, and I'm definitely not a fan at right back. So uh, he he would be the one if you're going to move them on. I think he's just a bit. He can be a bit too casual. Um, like uh, it, it's very very simple, and sometimes that's good. Like really really short passes and stuff. But when you want to get get the ball up the park, he's just a wee bit kind of languishing in possession a bit too long so if he did move on I wouldn't I wouldn't care really Yeah I liked what I seen of him and his cameos Paddy so after he came in in January he came on a couple of times for Callum McGregor or came on and let McGregor move further forward and I thought he was really effective he's a, he's a powerful boy he's a real you know solid man but I just thought he looked lively around the park and I thought he added something that's now kind of disappeared and yeah he's listening he's only slotted in a right back to 
to cover a, a gap there in the, the absence of Johnson and Ralston at the time. But right now he's he's right at the back of the queue of those seven players I mentioned. He, he is. And I, I still think that given we've only signed him in January, I still think he's got that time to still be a part of the squad not not so much the first 11 the squad that he maybe gets in and, and involved in certain games when you know it's two fixtures a week um, I still think that he will be given an opportunity um, albeit it was a, a small transfer fee for him I still don't think Celtic will let him just go the way they have, well they still haven't really got rid of Adeguchi but they've basically said it's not happening or the way that they called off the Abelgar deal I don't think we're going to do that with Iwata um, I would ask you this question so obviously you're mentioning about the players that you wouldn't want to see go so you're talking about Matt O'Reilly we're even kind of considering I think a lot of fans will even be thinking about the likes of David Turnbull at this point in time but I go back to our Champions League campaign who out of it, all of those midfielders stood out? Oh McGregor? Yeah um, and he's, he's definitely a starter he's definitely a starter you would certainly argue Hattati at times as well. He was exceptional against Madrid at home, for example. And that's that's concerning for me. That's two out of seven, mm -hmm. right? And I know obviously the new guys have just come in. Yeah. I see them as more project players, to be honest, than anything. For us to go to another level in this tournament, we're going to need to sign better players in midfield, in my opinion. And that kind of chat comes up time after time, Marty. We speak about, um, and again, James is big on this, levelling up for Champions League. So we know where we're at domestically. If Celtic didn't sign another player this window I think you still fancy yourself strongly to go on and do well domestically but in terms of Europe we're not ready and I think we're a few key signings away would you agree with that is that where you are oh we are in big big trouble if we go into the Champions League we are starting 11 like that uh, for the weekend really big trouble I agree with you <laughs> yeah. but you, you brought some startling startling negativity so far <laughs> Who did you think I was going to bring? <laughs> who, who do you like, Matty? Who do you enjoy in the midfield or otherwise? I think Paddy's right. I think McGregor and Itati, Um I do, I actually do agree with it. I still think we need another centre mid. They are project players, any of those guys. I like O'Reilly and I thought it was him and Kyogre were probably the best players on Saturday. Some absolutely beautiful touches between the two of them and O'Reilly. Um, the link-up play, but um, I would still like a, a powerhouse kind of... Um, in there just to kind of take the ball out of the park and um, maybe a bit box to box because if I've got McGregor sitting I would I would like that and I don't really think any of those guys really match that not seen Thiago or Quan, but I think we can all agree Quan's going to be a, an anchor man like a holding midfielder um, Thiago might be that looks really really slight so I don't think he's going to be that um, I would like to, another midfielder in and it leads us to the next question Paddy so we know the window's still got about three weeks left to run We've discussed often enough now about the potential need for goalkeeper, left-back, maybe a winger, I know you're keen on, maybe a striker. Do we need another midfielder? Um, and if so, what type? Marty's suggesting powerhouse, box-to-box, -box, maybe number 10 creative type. What do you think? I think we do. Um, and for me, it would be someone like the the, the young guy, uh, Reader, that's been that's been mentioned. I, I think that, you know, that's coming with this. That first few seasons, he's played quite a lot of football. He's held his own at quite a young age as well. Um, I think you you take the risk, try and get him in. You could only have him for a season and a half, two years. That's fine. We're going to make money on him. If he, if he comes in and hits the ground running, the club will, will, will evidently, the way the, the project's been going for him lately, they will make money on him down the other side. 
I get that it's very difficult for us to do it though. And that that's my big concern is we've got too too many. We're still dealing with a Lennon effect almost with yeah. Alexis Sorrow and a Yeti still floating about. It's for wild. Um, it would be a, a big outlay for somebody like, is it reader or writer? We'll find out. Aye. We'll find out. Somebody will tell us how wrong we are. Um, it'd be a big outlay, but that's uh, our Celtic going to speculate to accumulate. Rogers has spoken last week about the transfer policy in general. And he said, we're not going to sign somebody for 15, 20 million. He seems to be around about that, maybe a wee bit less than 15, somewhere between 10 and 15. So whether we, you know, break the bank for something like that remains to be seen. Marty, do you think we miss the creativity offered by someone like Aaron Moy? He's very quickly become the forgotten man. He's just moved on and we wished him all the best a week or two ago. But do we miss that creativity? Do we need someone of that nature? Um, I think if you're if you're sitting here desperately missing um, Moy, um, then there's probably something a bit wrong. I liked Moy, but he he done a job, and he at times he was really good, at times he wasn't. So um, I think if you're missing him, there's 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 enough there that we when we don't really miss him, I don't think. Um, do we have that? I, I know he was good in spells and not in others, but do when he was good, do we have somebody to match up to that in the current squad? Do we have that guy that can unlock defences and find the pass that he could at times? I think O'Reilly and Hattati are more than capable, and McGregor depending on where he ends up on the pitch, because obviously. He's a sitting midfielder, but whenever Celtic are at home, he's usually in and about the the box uh, or outside just try to pick passes out. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll miss him that much. Fair point. Paddy, um, we've mentioned Matt O'Reilly briefly a couple of times here and he seems to be in a, a really good place at this moment in time. I really enjoyed his interview with David Turnbull, if you've seen it. Um, David Turnbull's getting man of the match for only his two goals. And Matt O'Reilly's presenting it. And at one point, David Turnbull, I think he's asked a question about, you know, the frustrations of not playing much football in the last year and a half. And O'Reilly kind of chips in, you know, he comes in off mic and said, this guy should have been playing more. He's got too much quality to sit on the bench. And despite the fact that he wasn't playing last year, uh, he just got his head down and he worked hard and he deserved more of a chance. At the time watching that, I, I felt it was a dig at Ange. I know people have speculated, don't know what you lads think as well, but um, I think it's a real, regardless if it is or not, it's a real good teammate to go there live on Sky or whatever and just, just big up your mate who's next to you. And you'd forget that the age difference, I think O'Reilly's just turned 22 maybe and Turnbull's 24, 25. So it's not like O'Reilly's 29 speaking about the young kid. He's just shown a bit of a maturity beyond his years and he could flourish under Brendan Rodgers, couldn't he? He, he could. He could. I, I would like to see that. Um, I'd like to see all the players do well that we have on our books at the moment. Um, I think with O'Reilly, there's a, a definite driver in the team I think domestically absolutely fine I'd like to see how he goes and, uh, and takes what seems to be a good pre-season from him and a, a good start to the season with his goal yesterday as well uh, sorry Saturday um, I would really like to see him you know take this performance take the games with a scruff of the neck there's a couple of times against Rangers when he was playing in McGregor's position he'd done that and he'd done it pretty well um, and I wonder we're obviously looking at tinkering and stuff in, in order to maybe bring McGregor that little bit further forward I wonder if we see over the next com coming weeks in the league that we do see that bit of rotation between the midfield as well um, I know we're obviously going to go into how Kyogo played but it was really really interesting to see the runs made by what was two central attacking midfielders um, it was really interesting to see so big season for him big season I've obviously had my doubts about him but I, I, I like his attitude uh, I really do think he he thinks he, he deserves to be playing at this level. Is he the level I want for the Champions League? No, I don't think he is. But I want him to prove me wrong. Yeah, and I'm excited for what Matt really can become. We, we know and we accept that Celtic 
can and don't sign Champions League ready players we're just not there and it's our place in the pecking order what we can do though is sign guys develop them and hope they get close to that level if not at that level and then they move on from Celtic with everyone's best wishes I really think Matt O'Reilly can get there Matt I don't know where you're at on him I just think he's got all the attributes and because he I think because he carries himself like somebody at least mid-20s or older you forget he's young and there's so much growth potential when somebody like him and I think he could be one of the guys that really you know, put their head above the parapet this season and, and start to move things to the next level. I think he's definitely got the potential. There's always going to be... I, I'm kind of in the middle because um, I do think if we did start with the midfield as McGregor, Hattai and O'Reilly in the Champions League, I don't think it would be a total disaster. I would want a, a little bit better, but there's no reason why O'Reilly can't go on and become um, a really, really important player. He has got an absolutely wonderful first touch. And he's, I think, I mean, Paddy were actually arguing about this um, on Saturday. Like, I think he's probably the our best player in really tight areas, um, probably even better than Kyogo and uh, and McGregor. The close control for Turnbull's second goal was excellent on the byline. Yep, and yep. even against Bilbao, the uh, the assist, not a lot of players would even try that. I don't think. So I'll be a fan as long as he doesn't wear gloves for five months of the season when it's twenty <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> That's the important thing, Marty. Yep. Um, Saturday also seen a competitive debut for Odin Thiago home. He came on late in the game for Matt O'Reilly. Paddy, I know you've been impressed with him across the pre-season and you thought he might even have got the start of the weekend there. Do you think he can have an instant impact on the first team? Yeah, I, I do. I think um, for me, this is, if we're not going to sign another midfielder, um, this guy's really got to be given a chance, in my opinion. Um, like I say, I think there's there was many a club looking at him um, and he's possibly digressed in the last couple of seasons, not went to the levels. Uh, people were thinking he was going to go to but I think that he has the ability I think he has a lot in his locker which is up to someone like Brendan Rodgers to unlock and I think that a good manager to do that is, is definitely that guy um, I want to I want to see this team getting used very like I, I, I've got a big feeling that there's going to be a lot of movement between our midfield this, uh, this season in terms of yeah we'll see McGregor playing that holding role but there'll be different games where he'll be one of the, the two attacking. I think we have that with those six or seven players that we have in that position. Um, and I want to see what he can do. I want to see that now because that then gets his planning. If it's not working out, do we then start looking at someone for January's window? So I no time like the present, as they say. I would, that's why I was a little bit surprised that Tumble got the nod before. But then Tumble must be doing a lot more in training uh, than what he was able to do with Ange Postacoglu. And Brendan, we trust. Kind, well, kinda, kinda. Um, <laughs> what about Quan, Marty? Where does he fit into things? So I'm not sure how much you've seen of him across the preseason. I thought he looked very good against Wolves. So good that we named last week's episode after him, and that's not worked out so well because he wasn't so good at all against Bilbao in the James Forrest game. Where do you think he would fit in at the midfield? You've mentioned that you think he's an anchor. From the glimpses you may have seen, is he good enough? Oh, well, that's that's quite hard to tell you because you're right. He was um, the Bilbao game. He was just a bit. Um, I don't know. Can kind of a little bit what I mentioned about Awata, kind of just a bit not aware of his surroundings that well. They had Munyain pressing um, his area for like the number 10 spot and he kind of lost the ball a few times. It was quite slow in the ball. Maybe just, I, I think he's definitely uh, six foot three, kind of Rodri esque. I'm not comparing him to him, but that's the kind of profile he will be. He'll be put the ball about. Um, just screen that defence for any balls going forward. 
he might be okay, but yes, it's far too early to tell. As and it's a harsh question. To be fair, it's very very early days, but. On first impressions, and I'm going to stick with him, I thought he looked like he had the attributes to do a good job there, particularly you know from what we've seen against Wolves. So time will tell. Uh, and we need to be patient with him and various others such as Thiago Home. But some big decisions for Brendan Rodgers to make across the midfield, but that's why he's the man in the hot seat, Paddy. Highest paid Scottish manager ever, I think, probably. He'll love um, that. He'll yeah, well, absolutely I, love that. But we'll start to get a clearer <laughs> idea on his thinking over the next few weeks. As exclusively revealed by Brendan Rodgers in his post-match interview, as well as bizarrely uh, by his dentist on Instagram today, it looks like Carl Starfelt is now on his way out of Celtic and will join Celta Vigo in a deal worth something in the region of five million. Marty, we can talk about the cover we've got at centre-back just shortly, but just in terms of Starfelt himself, is it fair to say that he wasn't fully accepted at times by some fans? Yeah, I would say, and I would probably say I was one of them not to... There's just... He had certain kind of characteristics and things he did that just made him look quite awkward at times and whether that sometimes it affected games sometimes it didn't I'm, I'm kind of sad he's going I don't think it's a really strange everyone's talking about is he going because of his partner or, or uh, listen he's getting a move to La Liga so um, good for him hope he does okay but I think we we'll probably will miss him mainly just because that area is just getting a bit um, getting a bit light in terms of quality not necessarily quantity but um, there, there was just certain aspects of his play that made him a t- made him an easy target, such as he's like he he's wasn't very two footed, wasn't two footed at all actually. Um, I used to say this thing all the time that he just does these three sixty passes rather than use his foot, he bends his his body the wrong way to kind of pass the ball, and sometimes that makes that awkwardness makes for an easy kind of target for criticism. But I, I would rather have stayed put it, put it that way. Yeah. Paddy, Brendan Rodgers mentioned that there's several factors in the move. Martin's mentioned it's a move to La Liga, top five league, you can't argue with that. Rodgers says the economics involved also make it difficult, so he must be going off a decent salary. And yeah, it's quite high profile. His partner, Jacinta, who'd left Celtic's women, women's team, is now in Portugal with Sporting Lisbon, so he would be far closer to her. So I think it all comes into play. He's 20 years of age, I think he turned 28 in June there. So from his point of view, you can see why he's making the move. It's a five-hour drive. Have you it's, a five, it? it's a five-hour drive uh, for Lisbon to Vigo, but hey, Carl, you do you. I don't buy. It. I don't buy that either. By the way, it's a, uh, no, it's a shorter drive from the other than it is from Glasgow. That's true. Aye, one hour flight. I get mm. the <laughs> No, I'm I'm gutted uh, that he's leaving. Actually, I think uh, I, I've been a big fan of him since he came in, and I think that the criticism came more so on the basis that he came in that first game against Hearts, didn't really like impressed much there scored a, an absolute incredible long goal against uh, Alkmaar and I think there was a bit of doubt from the get go but I actually think he, he he dusted himself down and got on with it um, I, I, I think he was a really good player for us and I would have loved to have seen a season of him playing in the right hand side the defence as well um, but a good servant and I, I wish him all the best over there I think he'll do really well yeah. um, Very, I, I thought a very quick defender um, so aye it'll be interesting to see what we do in that position now as well very much so um, but you're right you can't um, ignore the fact that f- for his whole Celtic career he's a natural right footer playing on the left hand side and we're lucky that we got CCV we got him in the last day of that window didn't we back in what was that August 21 and he is absolutely the mainstay on the right hand side of centre half so you're not going to move him out so I suppose the alternative or the, the solution was Starfelt yep you go in next to him but you're uncomfortable there I'm not sure if I've ever seen him play a pass with his left foot. He just yep. doesn't do it. He just <laughs> yep. moves his whole body 
kind of action man leg style, <laughs> right, whips it right around it. And there's no doubt there's an awkward style there. And at times it led to some mistakes. And I think because Celtic had good cover, maybe they weren't always punished. You know, he's got CCV next to him and Joe Hart in good form at that time, hmm. covering things. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a hard job to play in that unnatural side. What I did notice, we'll get to Navarocchi just in a second, but what I did notice that when he was coming out with the ball on Saturday, he just looks like a natural footballer. He just looks very comf comfortable. And I was judging him solely against Starfield. In my head, I'm watching him saying, right, how does he look? It's night and day, you know, and it's not all about aesthetics. It's not all about how it looks. It's got to be effective. But I think the things are there that Navrocki might just be a wee bit more effective. What you can't argue with uh, during Starfield's time are his stats and achievements. So it was Angie's third signing after a bad in Kyogo. And he leaves us having won five domestic trophies out of six during his time at the club. And all his time uh, here in Scotland, he and Carter Vickers have never lost a Scottish Premiership game when playing together, which is quite incredible. And overall, he played 87 times for the club, scoring three times. So, Martin, it's impressive stats no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, there definitely is. And uh, when you look, um, I saw um, the tweet about the, the first in interceptions, first in um, all that kind of stuff, yeah. which I was kind of surprised at. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you can't really argue with that, I think. Because Celtic are so dominant, the the unbeaten thing with CCV is a bit of an, an outlier. But yeah, you can't really argue with it, and it it probably will be missed. But um, I was I was I was the same with you uh, with Navrocki. I think especially considering what teams do at Celtic Park and bringing the ball out, um, he made, he'd done it very very quickly, which I liked. He popped a couple of uh, passes out of the park, um, one for a throw and one for a corner, I think. Fans got on his back, they're going to do that. Just finding his range. Hi. Yep. And I, I, liked, I liked his striding out with the ball. I think actually his teammates could have done a little bit more to help him because he, he, he took the ball out quickly and there wasn't really a lot of movement. Um, so yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for him. <laughs> Paddy, I've just had an alert. Uh, breaking news BBC alert that uh, William Friedkin director of classic horror film The Exorcist has died All right. uh, at the age of 87 according to US reports so <laughs> just to keep you updated on that um, it now looks increasingly likely that Navrocki that we've mentioned there he's been brought in as a direct replacement for Starfelt we weren't sure if he was in to compete we had that debate last week or so but Brendan Rodgers has also said that they were looking to further strengthen at centre half in his absence Let's stay with Navrocki just for a second and Martin's given his thoughts, Paddy, but what's your initial impressions of him being? We've only seen him, you know, fleetingly at this moment in time, but he does look comfy in the ball coming out of defence and he would seem a good ready-made replacement. Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's As we've mentioned, it's very early uh, to tell at this point. I think that what I, I agree with you guys on with Starfelt is, is that being on that left-hand side, having to play those kind of passes, that's, that's an extra split second for a... a a striker or an attacking midfielder to read what he's going to do, yeah. um, which could lead to some some issues here or there. And I agree with you guys on Saturday. I thought that Navrocki was releasing the ball pretty quickly. Um, and actually sometimes to the surprise of the two players on the left-hand side and Taylor and Maeda. But um, I think that we need players that are wanting to take that risk, willing to take that risk and play it into the middle as well. And he was doing that quite a few times when yeah. he was given the, the option to. And what we've seen time after time over the last couple of years, particularly from Kyogo, is he makes that run every time and maybe gets it, I don't know, two and ten, something like that. And if there's forward-minded players like Kyogo making the run but not getting it, it's frustrating, of course it is. But if we now introduce new players to the team, Navarocki and, and maybe others, that do see the quicker pass, that could be really effective. We've seen the move, it will, uh, we've spoken already that we'll get to the Kyogo stuff, but we've seen the move that Carter Vickers plays right through the lines from centre-half to Kyogo 
to create that opportunity for Matt O'Reilly and there's maybe just going to be a wee bit more of that this season um, where do we think we are with others at centre half so there's definitely quantity but maybe not so much quality as you mentioned Martin uh, the Liam Scale Stephen Welsh Yuki Kobayashi do they provide us with the, the level of cover that we require at the moment uh, Celtic played a lot of games obviously and Ange uh, was kind of noted for not really changing anything at all even in the, even in the, even in the League Cup so these, we have got a really bloated squad but I think we'll see a lot more rotation if we do have Kobayashi starting a League Cup game away at Kilmarnock I'm not going to throw my season ticket in the park but um, I would like I would certainly like some improvements I think Kobayashi's just a bit I don't know I think if he was right footed he probably wouldn't have been signed I know what you mean. There was a lot to be said for the fact that he was a left-footed ball player. I, I put him in the same bracket as Iwata, Paddy. I think he's still got to be given time. He'll not be the first or last Celtic player to arrive and, and not do it within the first six months. He's coming from a seriously different culture and part of the world as well. And I think you know him and a few others definitely need the chance to to prove themselves or not over the, the course of a season. I agree with you. I, th- I just wonder where, where his head's at uh, after the, obviously just, getting bombed out the team last season effectively. I wonder if Ange has done that almost to protect him a little bit as well. Like you say, coming over, having to try and settle in, try and learn this kind of style of football that we play um, and get used to the physicality, which we've seen that he's not anywhere near at that requirement yet. Um, So again, this is is great projects for for Brendan Rodgers, but I, I, I agree with Martin in the sense that yeah, okay, maybe a League Cup game here or there, but we need to remember that last year, out of no thought, obviously no choice of our own, we ended up with Stephen Welsh and Maritz Jens in some of our biggest games in the Champions League. Yeah. So we need to be ready. We really do. And and I know that it's going to be impossible to keep four starters happy um, and rotate them throughout the year. We're not going to be able to do that, but I still think we need a higher level than what we have. Be interesting to see what level of centre half they bring in. You know, do they bring in just a, a cover kind of guy or somebody who's genuinely going to compete? There's a lot of chat today about Scott McKenna. What what, what would your thoughts be on that? No? Next, next question on my list, Paddy. Okay. Um, I'll get him in just a second. Actually, cause I just just to to finish on Kobayashi, you said you weren't sure where his head will be at uh. after you know you're right getting bombed out the team last season. I suppose therein lies a challenge. If you want to be a Celtic player, you need to have a strong mentality. And I know that sounds harsh. Um, and you can't just switch that on and off. But these guys need to be prepared for sometimes over-the-top criticism that comes our way. You, you could argue that we, we're over-the-top at times and certainly some other uh, fans can be particularly harsh. But it's just life in Glasgow. You know, if you're not first, you're last and all these kind of things. So he'll need to be prepared for things like that and he'll need to show a resilience and that he can bounce back from being bombed out of the squad. There's a, a number of Ange signings who hit the ground running. Kyogo, Jota, CCV, all of those guys. Some guys don't and some guys won't but it's how you come back that really proves what you're worth. So we'll need to see how that goes for Kobayashi. Yes, Scott McKenna next on the list. So what about the Scott McKenna rumours and now Harry Suter rumours? Big Jers fan as well. Uh, are you entertaining any of those two guys? Um, I think McKenna would certainly be of the level of competing with uh, Navrocki and CCB and he's definitely going to be better than Kobayashi and Welsh and Scales. I think that it would be really useful at set pieces, things like that. In terms of the way we play, I'm not too sure. I didn't want him when Rogers wanted him the first time. And just because he played in the Premier League doesn't that's not a, a guarantee that he's going to come up here and stroll it. Um that Knott's Forest team were 
sorry, Nottingham Forest can't say Nottingham Forest, can you? No. Um, I, they just, this time's, I think he actually went out of the team and they went on a run, I think, which ultimately saved them. Somebody might tell me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't, it would probably depend on the finances of the deal. I wouldn't overpay for him. If we could get a good deal, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't mind. I think I'd probably rather him than Suter. Um, I, I didn't like, not a fan of both Suters, but um, I would, I would probably rather McKenna, but a wee bit of lack of imagination. I don't know. Uh, but, Designing someone like Kobayashi does that. That's kind of a bit too far to the other side. Yeah. So it's a tough one. Like if it if it was a good deal, I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't overpay. I'm the same. I think he's a decent big player, but I wouldn't break the bank for him. And I'd be more inclined, Paddy, if it if it were a, a straight choice, I'd be more inclined to break the bank for a, a high quality left back. I would see that as more priority. But between McKenna, Suter, and, and any other rumours you might have heard of, any thoughts? I think um, I agree with you guys on this one. I, I don't think we we will break the bank on them to be honest I think that Carter Vickers and Navrocki are your, your two starting centre halves they're going to be on the, the the team sheet every single week for me the Suter thing has come out obviously just in the basis I, I, I think again it's the record clutching at straws or the sun clutching at straws basically for a story Celtic are keeping things very tight to their chest this season um, and I think that Suter 50 million less I paid for him last season aye Aye, we are we are never coming anywhere near that. Just in January as well. Just in January, um, McKenna possibly. I think Celtic would be trying, would be very clever to try and get them on loans. If we were going to do any business with, with that at all, uh, we try and get a loan deal. But again, your parent club would want your player playing, so it's a difficult one. I didn't realise that was the door for Harry Suter, 15 million. Yeah, I seen him in the World Cup for Australia, and I thought he'd done fairly well. He, he did. He, he, he did a good tournament. Um, but as you say, it's a, it's an easy one to try and put two and two together because he played at Leicester they've now fallen in the championship and could you maybe steal them on the cheap but no it would sound if those are the figures involved that Leicester would want to recoup most of that and I don't think Celtic could or should pay that anyway back to Carl Starfield so if his move goes ahead and it looks very likely but we do wish him all the very best very committed player he gave his all every time he pulled on the jersey so good luck to him out in Spain Okay, it's now time for the Path to Paradise, where each week I'll tell you the clubs a player has played for before his move to Celtic, and we'll also then name any teams he went to after he left, and all you need to do is name the player in question. We've been running this for a few weeks now, and the lads seem to be doing fairly well, but let's see how they go this week. Matt, are you clearing the instructions? Oh, aye. You've been playing oh, from aye. home? Oh, aye. How's your form <laughs> been? Um, I think I got, aye, I got the David Fernandez one that you aye. didn't get. To be fair, they both played with Adrian Livingston. Let's not go down that road again, Paddy. Sour grapes. Okay, are you ready for this week's Path to Paradise? Always. Okay, here we go. Ozer, Ren, Paris Saint-Germain, Celtic, Hearts. Have a wee think, and in the meantime, here's a reminder of several good reasons to join us over at the Celtic Exchange Plus this season. Well, the guys are trying to figure that one out, I want to remind you that now's the time to go all in on the new season by signing up for all of the additional content we provide listeners over on the Celtic Exchange Plus. At the Celtic Exchange Plus, you can enjoy extra episodes from us throughout the week with pre- and post-match podcasts for every Celtic game, as well as bonus episodes with ex-players, coaches, journalists and much more. In addition, you'll also get early access to our weekly show ahead of its general release, and you can also listen to all of our episodes completely ad-free. You can test the water right now at absolutely no cost by starting your free 7-day trial at theceltigexchange.com. And if you like what you're hearing, you can then enjoy everything we offer from just £3.75 a month if choosing the annual subscription option. Go all in on Celtic this season with the Celtic Exchange Plus to ensure you don't miss any of the action 
as the treble champions of Scotland go all out to defend their trophies. Get started in less than two minutes at theCelticExchange.com and we'll see you on the other side. I think Paddy's got it, Marty, but I'd like to ask you to put forward a guess. Have you got anything? I'm just trying to think of what PSG era it is because it's kind of a lot of different eras. It's not PSG. PSG is in the, the modern one. Right, okay. But I'm just trying to save Celtic to hearts. Give us it, Paddy. Is 100% correct. Oh, Marty, man. I thought you'd shine. This oh, was your man. moment, but no luck. Um, what do you think of the format of that in general? So, do you prefer it to the mystery cell? I was going to say, do you find it easier? Clearly not. Well, uh, no, I do <laughs> not prefer it at this moment in time. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if you get the next few correct. But yep, uh, the answer is correct from Paddy and we'll have that beeped out for anyone else playing it at home. Okay, let's now return to our listeners' question feature with a brand new question for the brand new season. This week's question comes from long-time listener and supporter of the show, Danny McGee from Monaghan. So thanks to Danny for sending this one in. Let's hear the question now. Hi, t and boys. Good to have the Celtic Exchange back for another season. Um, I was just looking at the game on Saturday and uh, couldn't help but notice Kyogo's movements were slightly different from last season under Ange. Uh, he seemed to be playing a little bit deeper rather than his usual uh, being on the shoulder of the uh, of the defender or usually the centre half, um, obviously we've seen the benefit of that, especially at the weekend, especially with that wonderful assist from Matt O'Reilly and that play with uh, uh, through to David Turnbull, I think we missed. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts on this. Whether you think this is something that Brendan Rodgers has uh, seen in the player over over the summer in the training ground, or whether it's just the way the game evolved on that day. Uh, so I'd be interested in your thoughts. Okay, thanks, lads. Bye. So what about it, Paddy? Do you see this as a, a deliberate ploy by Rodgers to see Kyogo dropping deeper to link up the play? I do. I think it'll be one of many. Um, I, I was really intrigued to see it in, in motion. I think that they maybe took the first half just to try and get a feel for it against uh, Ross County. Um, but I really, really seen it come into play in the, the second half. And it was... Uh, Again, we, we Stevie had mentioned about Kyogo. He he believed he should have been man of the match on Saturday, and I, and I think I, he had an argument for that. Definitely, he, he was then saying, I, "I really like how he's dropped into the false nine. And I remember we were having this discussion maybe in the last season. We were just talking about how important it is to have him around the box and how he is just going to be that natural goal scorer. I think this was very exciting. I really do. I agree and I never thought I'd be there because I was very strong in the fact that just don't take Hugo out of the box keep him in around the box because he is lethal he, he just he scores goals when he shouldn't I, you know, I don't know how it all plays out with XG but there's there's opportunities that come to him which are barely opportunities for other players but he turns them into goals and I'm basing keeping him in the box on the fact that on occasion at Celtic we've seen him out in the wings and it does not work at all we, we got it the very first time we played Rangers when Edward was still part of the club and we had Odson Edward in the nine and Kyogo out in the left wing. He barely got involved. He also came on against Hearts in his Scottish Premiership debut that day that Starfield debuted. We got beat 2-1. John Souter scored uh, against Scott Bain, mind you, so it doesn't count. <laughs> and Kyogo was out wide that night when he came on uh, and he just barely impacted things at all. So from that point of view, Martin, I've thought, just don't take Kyogo out the box. It's just not his thing. That's his natural uh, territory and let's not move him from there. Now though, instead of moving out the way to the wings, he's dropping 10, 15, sometimes 20 yards deeper. And we've only just seen it in real effect on Saturday, but it was effective. That that particular pass that you do into like a false nine or a number 10 who's facing his own goal and it, to pop it over or bend it round is like one of the most effective weapons in football. And 
I, I was just astounded about how good it was. I watched the game back and it's even better watching it back. There's a few that um um the, the caller made a uh, made a reference to this isn't super scored I know I was going to call it it says Danny McGee friend of the show Danny panel. made reference to Turnbull's miss he put done this for McGregor and there were loads more than that actually he'd done it loads of times and it's such a hard skill to do when the ball's coming at you at pace to control it and pop it around the wing like that and it's definitely exciting and I, I can uh, there's a way to kind of get the best of both worlds because you don't necessarily need to be in the box but there's old saying the width of the goalposts that can obviously stretch to a little bit outside the box, mm-hmm. and he's in those centre central territories. And I thought it was it was wonderful. And I think that Maeda in particular is a a really really good foil for that uh, for just because it has sprint runs in behind, and I think that could be a pretty exciting duel going forward. I agree. Those runs in behind. I reference third man running, and I, I know a guy who will be laughing at this just now. I think it's such an effective part of football because it's almost impossible to mark. When you get your striker dropping deep, Kyogo in this case, the guy making the, the forward run, O'Reilly, for the goal, you just can't pick it up. You know, if he's, get, if he's his thought takes him ahead of the defender, it's not a speed thing, O'Reilly's not the paciest guy in the park, but he found himself with acres. And there's a lot to the goal as well because it comes from Carter Vickers to start with and it just looks so much like it's been worked on because there's just a big space for him to bypass the midfield and play through the lines. So rather than him just dropping off to McGregor, which we see a lot, or we have seen a lot on the range, he misses all that out and goes straight to Kyogo, who's done his part by dropping deep. But it's one thing dropping deep, Marty. The other thing is the technique that you've mentioned to put it around the corner. And you can only do that if you're a particular type of player with that vision and awareness. He spins it into the path of O'Reilly. And then all you're thinking about is, this is promising, but it's on his right foot. And he absolutely smashes it, and it's a brilliant goal. Great finish, great finish. Uh, we were talking about that after the game because I've I've said about a million times. He's no right foot. He's no right no. foot, and uh, he, uh, he batters at home. Great goal. Um, I think what's exciting for me about Kyogo, um, there's only so many really really high level players, in my opinion, that can do this. You're watching that ball getting played to him, and you're expecting him to look to see where he's going to play it before he even gets it. And he's playing it without even looking up because he's already done it. When the time we've got round to see what the players, he's already he knows where his players are, and it's the intelligence from him. It's the intelligence of the runs from uh, Maeda coming in at points. Tumble to an extent, I think m- more so in the second half. Matt O'Reilly, that seems to suit him. And we're talking, you know, as a false nine, does he then lose the ability to score? I don't think so domestically because. If you've got players that can keep the ball tight and keep keep moving into the box with it, Kyoko's bat, battering through to try and get back in there and 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 there he, there he goes, he's for a cutback. It pulled Ross County about very, very easily. Um, a little bit in the first half, but more so in the second half. They didn't know how to contain it. And by the way, some crazy challenges from them as well uh, to try and combat it. Um, but I just, if that is the glimpses, of what we're going to see going forward is very, very exciting. And it's a testament to Rodgers in the sense that I think what we got at the end of his spell was a guy that had gave up. So the the play was pretty boring. He has said himself he's learned so much more. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Let's just back it up. I think what we needed on Saturday was to be pushed up on the halfway line a bit more. And actually credit to Ross County, they they didn't allow it really. They didn't really sit in as much as other teams do against us 
So for that ball to start from Carter Vickers to where it did, probably what just next to the the, the halfway line, um, I can't wait to see it further up the park. It'll be exciting. I think you make a great point on Rodgers because everyone talks about it being quite turgid towards the end of the spell, but we now know that there was reasons behind that. He was getting, you know, players were getting signed that he didn't even know about. The relationship had clearly become strained, you know, with Peter Lowell. You can argue about it if you want to or not. Um, but he now seems to have come back energised and very keen to put his stamp on things, you know, and, and have an impact. And it looks like, you know, we're seeing that already. Um, the interesting point you make about Hugo as well, will it, you know, deter from him doing what he does best and scoring goals, 34 of them last season? But Saturday's an example. You can have it all. You can have your Kyogo goal and it was a very typical Abada to Kyogo type of goal that we've seen so many times. And then he he should have two assists, shouldn't he? He's got the O'Reilly one, the other one to Dave, David Turnbull, which he should be tucking away despite his impressive man of the match performance. <laughs> so yeah, it's just really exciting to see. And I suppose that's my last question on this. It's an extension of what Danny's asked, but... What else do we think we might see? And I think there's a very deliberate ploy, just as, a, as an aside from Hugo dropping deep on Saturday, kind of goes hand in hand with it, is that your midfielders then go and get high. Your two midfielders, in Saturday's case being O'Reilly uh, and David Turnbull, when Kyogo drops in, they two are advanced. You've seen it perfectly for the second goal from Turnbull. And it's a brilliant one too between Kyogo and, and O'Reilly. By the way, it comes to Kyogo very sharp. He pops it back out to O'Reilly. He shows that close control that we touched on Martin right out in the byline. And he's then got the vision to find his fellow midfielder coming out the back post. And those midfielders getting very high, it's, it seems like a very deliberate ploy. Uh, they actually, they also had that um, that double one too, uh, down the right wing. Um, I think it was, was Abada or Maeda. I think it was maybe Maeda. Maeda was out the right. After they switched aye, over. Aye. So they'd done a double one too and Maeda just, he got a, I, he, um, he just had it a bit too early. Instead of using his pace to just go in. Mm-hmm. But that's that's absolutely impossible to defend against. So in terms of what else we'll see, I think we'll see a lot more rotation in terms of positions. You saw it. It wasn't just a Lennon um, spot wingers kind of tactic that people mentioned. Um, I think McGregor will move forward. O'Reilly can pop in there when he wants. Um, Hattati maybe not so much, but I, I think we'll see, just because you, you kind of need to, at Celtic Park with just the way teams play you're right Ross County came out a bit but for the most part they're going to be camped in their own half and you're you're right in the Champions League as well if Kyogo's going to be isolated the way he was in the Champions League then having him, having him come in as a number 10 for an extra body is only going to be beneficial that's a good point I, I think I think that will be part of the thinking that style of play um, just going back to O'Reilly on this it makes a lot of sense where these guys are wanting to, where they have to get to in the, the box as well. You just think about the goal against Bobal, the the setup for for Burnaby. He's in that position because that's that's part of this this way they're going forward. I think there'll be a few different kind of trends that we'll see. I would be very interested to see if we look at Burnaby in the next game as well. Maybe not so much Petardry, but the next home game. I think it's in the squad. I know, I know. I was I was surprised at that. I, I, I don't know why. Like obviously, listen, we, we we've said that he's not a he's not an inverted fullback. We've actually even questioned if he's a left back. But there's something there going forward that I still think that we we work on. Um, and I wonder if it, he's given a few games, given the opportunity on the left domestically to see if he can build on that. And bombing forward is definitely going to be what Rogers wants. Seen Ralston do it quite a bit in, on Saturday, and, and fair play to him for that as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see the different kind of styles that he, he will bring into this team 
Uh, but it was it was evident it's still in transition on Saturday. And very, I think that's what slowed us down. Very much so. Um, but it's only going to get better yeah. as the players get more used to it. And I just think it's it's intriguing as to what's going to come next under Rodgers, both domestically uh, and in Europe. You know, it's got to be quite fascinating to watch the, the different elements at play. But great question. Thanks again to Danny for sending it in. If you want to add your own listeners' question, you can tweet us directly at Celtic Exchange or email me on tino at theCelticExchange.com. Just some final pieces of news um, as we wrap things up. So Who's died now? No, nothing else. No, no further <laughs> breaking news from the Beeb. Um, but FC Bal are considering a move for former striker Albina Yeti, who I just realised on reading today that he's still only 26. You would <laughs> think that his best days are behind him, but I think it'd be best for all if he can potentially be moved on in this window. Uh, there's further rumours circulating that Sead Haksabanovic has been told that he can also find a new club and he didn't even make the squad on Saturday, nor did Burnaby that we mentioned there, which was a wee bit puzzling. Um, next up for Celtic is Aberdeen at Pataudry on Sunday. That's a 12 noon kickoff. And if you were keeping a close eye, Aberdeen drew nothing each in a really important game by the looks of it with Livy at the Tony Macaroni on Saturday. Marty, your thoughts on any of those updates? Anything to add? Um, well, Aberdeen done my coupon on Saturday, so... <laughs> so one. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be obviously be a different game. Um, Barry Robson knows what we're about. Um, they'll probably be in transition as well. It's kind of all Premiership teams are just because of the the high value, uh, high amount of goings and um, incomings that happen in Scottish football. So it's hard to tell at this point. But in terms of Petardry as a place, it's, it's a weird place. Sometimes we can blow them away. Sometimes it's a bit more difficult. Because it's so early in the season, I think it might be a bit more difficult. But uh, if we play, if Kyogo plays the way he did the other day, we'll, we'll certainly create a lot. So, Paddy, you've mentioned that it could be a good time to get them. They've got a qualifier uh, coming up, haven't they, this week to see whether they stay in the Europa and get to the group stages there or if they fall into the Conference League. So, when that be? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday, Thursday, Thursday which yeah. is why we play them on Sunday, of course. So, um, maybe a good time to get them, but. Marty's right, we've had mixed the uh, results up there. There was that high pressure game when Ange took them up in October for Jota scored late to win 2 1. Uh, Callum McGregor scored a late goal just in January of this season Cup, yeah. to win 1 0. So you generally never get it easy. And we know that uh, Barry Robson will have them well set up and fired up for this one. Yeah, I think it'll be a difficult game. I'm glad we're playing them so early in the season. Um, we're not going up there in, in the winter, for example. I think that that, uh, that can help us. It's then allowing us to to go on a, a hopefully a strong run after you look at these these first four games two very difficult opponents um, to start to start off like the first month so to get that out of the way so early is a good thing for me um, I agree with your point in that Martin know that it's yeah what we don't fully know what we're up against but I, I actually think they've managed to kind of keep quite steady this summer Ramadani being a bit of a a big loss for them uh, during the week there um, last week so It'll be interesting to see how we go on. Um, I think we should definitely have enough for, for every team domestically, in my opinion. Um, so, aye, we'll see how we go. Yeah, one to look forward to. Marty, great to have you here today and hope you've enjoyed the show. Any final comments as we look to close out this episode? Um, by the If I ever get called on again, I'd like a new left back in by the time we're... We're, we're never had enough time to cover that. Will you bring some positivity next time? Oh. I was really, I, I called Kyogo wonderful. There you go. <laughs> One out of six players is Aye. not bad, but um, fair enough. Paddy, final comments for the week go to you. Anything to add? Uh, yeah, just uh, again, I think that we've, we've, we will see a lot come from the training ground and the next few games. And um, I'm excited um, to hopefully see some, some different styles from Rogers uh, coming up against Aberdeen. I think it'll be a bit more of a difficult game to try new stuff. I think uh, 
it'll be a lot of the players kind of maybe just resorting back to maybe what they know. I actually cl clocked a, f uh, a few times in Saturday, Greg Taylor, going into the inverted fullback role, but I think he's given them that basically freedom. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, this will take time. I understand if that's kind of what happens. Um, I'm excited. I think now, this week, we really need to see some moving though in the transfer window. I agree. I think... I think I've been quite consistent in not panicking. Mm -hmm. You know, Miff and James are very different and stuff because you know how long the window's got to go and you know that signing a higher bracket of player or a player that's maybe a bit closer to Champions League ready doesn't often happen as easily as guys that are maybe further down the scale. So now is the time though, isn't it? You know, we've got about three weeks to go, Martin, and you'd be very hopeful that we start to see some activity now or sooner rather than later. Yeah, we actually talked about this um, the other day. I, I think... Any player that Celtic signed just now, um, they're not going to be, it's just in terms of getting them up to speed, actually making sure the transfer's done, they're not going to be starting at Ibrox. So you just really need to get a move on because I think that time is, is coming on um, for just bringing in a, a player to maybe make a debut or his second game. Not all of them will be like Johnson and just take it in their stride. So... Just, yeah, can't move on. Yeah, and it's something that had to happen under Ange, didn't it, with the, the rebuild? But hopefully um, there's a bit more flexibility with Rodgers bringing guys in and then getting them fully up to speed as part of the squad. But as we've touched on there, exciting times ahead, intriguing times ahead and yeah. loads to look forward to. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to Paddy and Marty for joining me today. And as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. Don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com to start your free trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus if you haven't already done so. And once you have, you can then listen in again on Friday as we bring you the pre-match show for the Aberdeen game. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll be back with the Celtic Exchange Weekly this time next week. Network.